This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, Episode 81, Premature. Never Stop Gaming. Strange Assembly is a podcast and website about board games, card games, and role-playing games. Legend of the Five Rings, and beyond. Welcome back to Strange Assembly. I am, as always, Chris Stevenson, and I think I'm just going to cut you off, Mike, right? Were you laughing at me? Huh? Huh? Cut, cut his mic. <laughs> no, it was the as always. As if it changes. That's, that's my point. I am, as always. <laughs> we'll let you know when that changes. Yes, that's Justin Purdy. You also heard Jay Earl. Squeak. <laughs> He's that guy. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Cote season, how the environment and the story are shaping up with the extremely limited information we have so far. But I guess since with Jay and his squeak, uh, I should note that, uh, as was announced on the AEG website and then linked on, on ours, the sort of alternate format tournament at Gen Con this year is going to be Big Deck which is basically like Commander is for Magic. You have your, your two decks, each have to be 100 cards and no more than one of any given card. And all cards are legal, mostly. There's like five banned cards and that it, that's it. And I think at least three of them are for my clan. <laughs> yeah. Well, are, are proxies legal? Because I've seen differing things. In Shiro Big Deck, under the normal rules, the TO can make it no proxy or all proxy, or the default is something like 40 proxies per deck you're allowed, just because of the call. Yeah. Uh, that, that actually is something, not that particular number, but that's actually something that Magic was doing. I don't know if they're still doing this, but for Type 1 tournaments, uh, obviously not Wizards of the Coast itself, but in order to grow the vintage scene, there's kind of a limitation, right? There's right. only so many copies of the Power 9 out there, and they cost a fortune. Yeah. And so they made things... I, I think they actually started out as things like nine proxy tournaments. The idea being, you could proxy up the Power 9, and then you had to get the other stuff, or whatever the nine cards were that you wanted to do. And I think the default for that is, I think, the default for the big deck tournaments, but... AEG hasn't said what it'll be for the one at Gen Con, and I think you have to assume that because it's an official AEG tournament, you gotta have the cards. Yeah, that's going to significantly limit what I'm capable of. Yes. I think oh. that'll be true for a lot of people, yes. Well, and the, and the especially the bad thing is we can't even really borrow that much from each other, because yeah. for there, you have to play Rattling. Yep. 
from the the last solving the riddle, which sadly was in 2011. He may remember that. <laughs> yes, the winning faction. I I I had a request, and I said yes, you could donate it on behalf of the Ratlings. The, the sort of strange assembly price of that was that we would play whatever faction it was. Well, I'm like, well, that's, you know, like, we're going to have a hard time doing that for Ratlig. I don't know when we'll be able to fulfill that. Well, guess what? Now, any of us who are at Gen Con playing in the Shiro Big Deck have to play Ratling, which I don't think is going to go well. <laughs> well, if you need to borrow cards from the Shiny Tomorrow deck, I've got that, but that's about it. So, speaking of which, I ended up yeah, moving a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, part of what I found was a bunch of old cards, like Imperial Old. Uh-huh. I've got a copy of, uh, actually, Strange Assembly. Woohoo! There you go. Ooh, that uh, was a really bad-sounding woohoo. My voice is still not recovering. Woohoo! <laughs> you were saying something about Strange Assembly being awesome, Mike, or maybe you were on to another subject? No, 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 that, that was it. I actually have some holdings, like I've got three of holdings if some of you guys might be interested in ones I'm not going to use. I'm, as a general matter, interested in random piles of old cards. I have this sort of theoretical goal that I'll get around to actually trying to do sometime of sort of having like a physical version of the Oracle of the Void <clears throat> like with the cards bindered, but really... I keep telling John, like, he needs to just yeah, like, set aside... Yeah, He had those for a while. Yeah, I, well, oh, no, he's got them, but he's also just got, like, boxes with old stuff. At this point, I, I would still need to just collect aggregate quantities of old cards. Stuff from before gold, where I started having just everything. And, and, you know, before you can really get down to, okay, these are the specific cards I need. If, if you ever find a stack of, you know, just old... L5R cards. And this includes you, audience. If you have a stack of just old L5R cards, and you know you just want the shipping paid, I'm here for you. You know your girlfriend or your wife thinks that it's time to to take up less space with those. Well, mine thinks that too, but <laughs> like, too bad. <laughs> just just uh, tell her you're building a card fort for Ben. <laughs> but. We are very far off of the, uh, I guess we're actually not all that far off of the Kote subject because we're still talking about L5R cards at least, right? Right. <laughs> we could always review Forgotten Legacy again if you wanted to. That's no. Something. No. <laughs> don't we do that every episode? No, actually we don't. Okay, Kote season. So I started putting up on Strange Assembly... What was going to be a weekly, oh, here's a story update for what's going on with Kote season. I don't know if I'm going to stop that or not, because AEG is now, thankfully, actually doing it. Except, at least right now, it doesn't actually have all of the information, because it doesn't have figures about the statistics. Oh, sorry, not the statistics. It doesn't have figures about who would be stealing territories from whom. But right now for the story, the colonies are beating the Empire 11 to 8 in the voting. Uh, the reason why there are so many votes already is because there was a, a jump of nine votes from the Jewel Champion tournaments. 
The Raise for the Warlord, uh, apparently Tomori Tomoko is in the lead right now. <laughs> With four choices. And then there's ten people who have two selections each. So, Kyle Fumiko, Kakita Seishi, Miramoto Michi, Ikoma Shizuka, Agasha Kodo, Asako Karacho, Yoritomo Omoto, Yoritomo Kanaye, Moshi Umiko, Ninobe Tsukao. You may note that there are a reasonable number of Mantis and Phoenix in there. That's not a coincidence. There might be a correlation. <laughs> there might be. The dragon are in there in part because the dragon players, I guess, apparently more than the other clans have actually gone with the sort of clan vote selection, which heading into last weekend was a tie between Harumi and Tomoko, and so I went on and just said, you know what, like, we know Harumi's getting story now, so I say go ahead and just do Tomoko. We'll see how long it is till she gets killed. The Atlanta Kote, oh, first of all, Phoenix was in every single final match. <laughs> Hilarious. So what you're saying is they might be good. Uh, they might, although it wasn't all the same deck. <laughs> that's, that's a sign of weakness. <laughs> <laughs> that's well. It, yeah, so that guess that's even better for the Phoenix. Yes, the Phoenix might be good. I'm not sure. Dragon technically, the Dragon actually had the highest make the cut percentage of the four of the tournaments that we have the full participation figures for, but I would lay a serious amount of money that that is not going to hold up at all. And apparently Dragon loses to Phoenix a lot. <laughs> I'm okay with this. So, for, for the Atlanta Cote, we had, I, I guess, the one that seems to have generated the most buzz. That was Phoenix over Mantis. And that was Agasha Kodo kills Yoritomo Kanahashi, which made a number of Mantis players not happy at all. <laughs> so, to put it mildly. Yeah, so there's multiple bounties have sprung up from... I don't know if it's just for Mantis personalities to kill Phoenix or for anybody to kill Phoenix, but that could get a bit bloody. You, you know, it, it does leave me kind of hoping that They'll kill all of the Phoenix, just because that would be kind of hilarious. <laughs> They've done that before, though, Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it was unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, I think it would be funny if that last week or two of Kote, they're like, oh, I'm a Phoenix who made the cut. There's literally no one I can choose here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I guess I'm going to have to go with Tsukimi. Ah, uh, yes, not a legal choice. Sorry. So at the other kill was at in Pasadena, Ikoma Shizuka killed Shiba Sensasuke, so bye-bye, Danjiro. Uh, I'm sure he just took it for another Shugenja who was going to get killed. <laughs> in Highland, the Chicago Kote, Kyle Fumiko take, took Asako Jiro hostage, and then Zulkit took Isawa Kojiro hostage in Feeding he Hills. And that's interesting because one of one or both of those Phoenix who got taken hostage got two selections, but they are not listed as among the available the people who are tied for second place for a warlord candidate with two points. So I don't know if being a hostage means that you can't 
Yeah, it would be funny if it eliminates you because every week it's going to be like, and our leader with two votes <laughs> until he gets captured this week. Yeah, Dragon is Bayushi Noman. Dragon should stop picking whoever they've got it for now. See how long that <laughs> can can last. See if you could win it for. Well, yeah. y- yes, and. Tomori, and the other one was Asako Karachu, who honorably spared Tomori Tomoko. So Tomoko did already make it to a final and lose once. She was just nice. So remember, dragon players, be nice. Everybody else, be nice to the dragon players. That's our... Like, that, right? I mean... To the dragon, are we really the clan that wants to get involved in some pointless bloody bickering in the colonies that we don't even know what everybody is fighting over. In fact, the indications seem to be that they're fighting over nothing, really. They're just fighting to fight. Must be Tuesday. I'm just saying. Anyhow. We'll see how long that holds up. But you did have... Well, the other person, and I use that term loosely, who, (laughs) uh, who does not show up in the... Rankings. Well, actually, there's a couple who don't show up in the rankings. NU got chosen twice. He does not show up. Actually, a couple of non-humans got chosen twice. And part of the reason why a number of non-humans got chosen twice was that the Feeding Hills Cote, something like half or three-quarters of the top 16, chose non-humans. Yeah, it was at least half, I think. So, apparently, they are not eligible to be the Warlord because none of them are listed amongst those. So you can choose them, but they just don't count for Warlord. However, unless Briscoe hadn't... I'm guessing Briscoe had checked with the story team already because they don't include them in the Warlord section, but the Lion Zokujin was permitted as the winning personality for the Feeding Hills. So Isawa Kojiro got taken cap, got taken hostage, by a big lizard thing. Oh, actually, a small lizard thing. I mean, big for a lizard, small for a person, whatever. Medium. Medium <laughs> lizard thing. <laughs> well, that's just too straightforward, Jay. So the other... The other bit of information that is not on the L5R page is who would be stealing territory from who. And this is all about which clan is beating which clan in the Elims. And it's actually interesting. I I realized if I keep track of this the whole way through, this would also, in addition to the normal statistics I do for making the cut, this would actually give you something vaguely resembling matchup information. It's still clan by clan, and it's only the elims. So, whereas ideally you'd have everything and you would, uh, you know, have something, a more detailed deck breakdown. But we would actually be able to get halfway through the Kote season and say, wow, Clan X is really good at beating Clan Y, or we might theoretically be less talking out of our uh, behinds if we try to say, oh, this is, why, that? this is why this clan loses a lot in the, the top eight. Like, they, man, they just get hammered by, by Mantis, or, I mean, who doesn't other than Phoenix? So right now... Crab would take a location for the Phoenix or the Scorpion. Crane wouldn't take a location because he didn't win any games in Elims. Dragon would take a location from one of four other clans. A lot of that is the people that Greg Wong beat on his way to get a second place in Vancouver. (laughs) And then, like, one other win somewhere else. 
Lion would be taking a location from the Phoenix, because the Lion beat the Phoenix five times, five times in the elimination rounds. So I'm going to go with the moral of the story is that it's still really good to go first. What do you think? Yeah, Tough pretty much. <laughs> uh, Counter-argument, if that were really true, Journeys and Keep would be sweeping up right now. It's really good to go first. That doesn't mean it insurmounts your personality base <laughs> and struggle with being terrible. Mantis would take a location from the Lion or the Phoenix with only two victories, because they're, they do not just pile on any one clan like the others did, so I think that's just sort of like there was a lot of Lion and Phoenix to run into. Phoenix would be taking a location from the Crab or the Dragon, each of whom they've already beaten six times, which is... The Dragon losses are something like three to Lion, six to Phoenix. Done. <laughs> the Scorpion would be taking one would be taking it from the lion because they beat the lion once the spider wouldn't be stealing anything because they didn't win and the unicorn would be taking from the mantis because that's who they beat in that one tournament that one time but no the the phoenix are like six wins against crab one against crane six against dragon two against lion four against mantis one against scorpion one against spider two against unicorn i <laughs> What you're saying is they've won a lot of games. Yes, they have. It's amazing. They're yeah, they're really stomping. The lion are three against dragon, five against phoenix, and then one each against mantis, scorpion, and unicorn. The crab have one against the crane, one against the lion, two against the phoenix, two against the scorpion, one against the unicorn. So they're pretty spread out. But yeah, the the phoenix had just a ridiculous opening weekend which i mean they made it to the finals in every right. single tournament right i so based on previous years i'm sure we will completely face play it for the rest of the cote season well hey at least you had one good week true uh there's a couple clans who have not reached that mark yet yeah i mean as much as i want to complain about crane spiders seem to have been doing terribly yeah, I think they're worse. Because I um, feel like at, at our Cote, the highest spider was four three. Yeah, that's right. Yes, they were. Yes, they were on the second page of the standings. So they and the unicorn have been the worst so far at making a cut. And I don't, I don't know if they're rocking anything of relevance other than here's Ninja still. I don't know. They just seem like they're done for the arc. I much more so than the crane. I, th I mean, the yeah. crane feel like they're a lot closer. Like, something could happen that would pump the crane up into respectability. I don't know what you'd have to drop on the spider at this point for them to get respectable. Something broken. I thought that was what their ninja stronghold was, though. Oh, their stronghold is. They just don't have anything else to, to enable it. So we need more than one broken thing. Yep. It, yes. Uh, as As ridiculously important as a stronghold is, and you cannot really overstate how important a stronghold is. The, the card that starts in play and yeah. is there every turn of every game is ridiculously important, but you do need some other stuff in your deck at some point other than a stronghold, usually. For Phoenix, I, mean, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the... Um it's mostly on the back of T.O.P. that they're getting all this stuff done. 
Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got several, we've got several decks that would be strong, but are pushed over the edge by being able to play out of TOP instead of right. using their normal stronghold. Right. I think the the Henshin military would still be a strong deck out of its own box. It's just even stronger out of TOP. Yeah, it it turns out that yeah, the effective ten province strength for the first attack doesn't stink. Yeah, it yeah. changes a lot. Makes it really hard for my deck to do anything early game. Not just your deck. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of decks. Sure. <laughs> Again, going back to going first, Lion can probably... That's a matchup where Lion probably really wants to go with its prefer... What a lot of Lion decks like to do if they aren't blitzing. That sort of preferred build-up of, of you start with the tempo and you sacrifice it to have insane economy. So on turn two, you're just trying to buy multiple gold and then a guy, so you weren't going to attack on turn three anyway. And then you buy a bunch of guys, and so there's never that initial attack where you go from being able to take the province to not being able to take the province just because of the box. And, and of course, that the box is unnegatable. And like right. you can't just incense mill it away or something. That's It seems like the the only Phoenix deck that you would consider not running out of T.O.P. as if you're playing the spell military. Yeah. Because you've got free money as a possibility. That's I mean, that's the only other one where you'd look at going to another box. Yeah, but the Phoenix just have a have a diversity of decks. There's still Henshin, Blitz, and Midrange decks. There's still Enlightenment decks. There's decks that do both of those. There's non-human... Chi Death deck, which amuses me. Yes, Chi Death. And nobody else. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I just like I heard, I overheard so many people complaining about Chi Death. No one ever likes Chi Death. Ever. Yeah. Anytime yeah. Chi Death is functional, it annoys people because it gets around the normal rules for what it takes to kill people in in of our. Kitsuki Judgment annoys people, and that yep. at least requires you to pay something. Killing a guy is usually either he is naked or you are paying a ton for it or it's a duel and there's some randomness involved as to whether or not you're actually going to kill him. Well, and then all the deck constraints that go along with that. Right. But but yeah, and then there's non-human focused spell military and then there's just honor. Or does I I think mostly honor. I don't know if the are you are any of the were any of the Phoenix decks rocking dishonor? Uh, Jay's was, <laughs> yeah, and it did. That did well, well at Cote. So. Okay. <laughs> well, because I wasn't people... piloting it. <laughs> oh, did you give that to RBD or? Yeah. Yeah. Crane. Yeah. So some sort of courtier mishmash honor, right? That's what's made cuts. Yes, yeah, seems like it. I think that. Yeah, of the four Kote, we've got the full data for three of the four Crane who made the cut were from our Kote. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon has made the cut with Kensei. I think Kensei is the most common one. And then some kind of like a wed aggro control and an honor out of Dragon's Breath Castle. And then, of course, Greg Wong's 
You're playing what? I don't yeah. understand deck. Greg Wong's Greg Wong deck. So Wong, it's right deck. <laughs> yeah, well, and he, he hasn't put a deck list up, but it was uh, it was just like the good non-human stuff, except out of Dragon's Breath Castle instead of Library of Rebirth or Journey's End Keep or something. I, I'm going to Yojimbo's duty, the Dark Naga, back into play. Heck, I mean, he was even running... Phoenix. I think he was, he was running San Suzuki. <laughs> and I'm laughing because Greg always makes decks that Greg wins with. And anytime, not that I have this deck list, but anytime I try to put together one of Greg's decks, it just falls apart on me. I, no, no, to be fair, anytime anybody but Greg tries to put together a Greg Wong deck, it falls apart on them. Yes, he's uh, he's got the touch. He's got the touch. Lion ancestors and they're just good military stuff. Have they still been blitzing any? I'm sure they have, but I haven't seen it being very effective. A smidge. Mantis, yeah. You're going to run into Kalani's landing decks all day long. I'm so glad and- that deck is still dumb. And it's a lot of, like, I mean, now it seems like it's a little more Magistrates than it used to be because Kitsuki Judgment. Yes. They can still do Stained Cleansed with the Magistrates. They now have Kitsuki Judgment, and they have Ingenuity. So when the Mantis deck that has infinite gold gets to actually dishonor your guy before Kitsuki Judgment, it's like, I'll pay two to limited kill your guy. Yep. I... It's like, what's your most expensive unit? Are you just your clan champion? I guess I'll kill her then. Uh, I wish you had some bigger unit with a bunch of attachments for me to nuke. I'm so oh, glad man. this card doesn't have any kind of targeting requirements. Yeah, well, no, it can't hit non-humans. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not talking about Kitsuki Judgment. Although, that that is obviously the fatal part of the... Oh, you mean Ingenuity. Yeah. So, yeah, so Kitsuki Judgment is um, still good. What a shock. You will run into Kitsuki Judgment. It can't be negated, but there are a number of ways around it. You can feign death. You can redirect it, but because it's a seppuku, you can't negate your guy's death. Just, you can't. So They do die honorably. Woo! They do die. Hey, be glad they die honorably. Eh? Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> but yes, it's it's nasty, and and it's not like Mantis are the only one who are who are playing that. It was definitely amusing in the finals game at the Lanakote to see both of them had it in in certainly by second turn they both had one in their their hand. Donnie was able to collat people and kill them that way, whereas uh, Kalani's Landing just, you know, paid for it. <laughs> yeah. It also stuck in my craw that a Mantis Magistrate was being more in- uh, ingenious than my uh, Crane Magistrates and was causing them to seppuku. It's like, this isn't story. Hey, no, no, no. It's no, no. feel better not- if they named the card Obnoxiousness instead. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's not making you seppuku. It's those jerks, the Kitsuki, who are doing it. He's just like, hey, check that guy out over there, Kitsuki. 
Yes, we caught you. What don't don't do stuff that we have to judge you for, Mike. I, it's very simple. We don't do anything like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Gushing powder. Excuse me. Uh, I think I got your cough. Oh Jesus! Why why would you do that? Why? <laughs> On top of the fact that no, and that's part of why half the that Crane fan base was pissed for so long. Because they had such a dumb, nonsensical thing as Crane Ninja in the game, they were. I'd be pissed about that too. No, that, <laughs> that they had uh, half the you know they had the whole theme just kind of ripped out. I mean, I, I guess it kind of makes sense, but how do you color coordinate black and black? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, turns out that's the part, they're supposed to be the people that don't care, and the other guys are supposed to overlook that so that they, you know, live, but, anyway. Yeah, no, really, right, the Harriers are actually from Way of the Ninja, when they decided to come up with Ninja for every clan. Right. Uh, yes, and that deck was dumb, were you playing when the Harrier deck was around? Uh, no. I only saw it on the peripheral. You had all these Harriers who were like three personal honors so they could be an honor deck too. And then you had the Foo rule used to make there be more Harriers because they are like, well, storyline-wise, there aren't supposed to be all that many Harriers. So the Harrier deck had people who were like, Harrier liaison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Foo rule. I do not miss you at all. <laughs> what was what, what rule was this? The foo rule. So before they had keywords for everything, whenever you had a keyword, every piece of that keyword applied. So like, oh. if I were the if I were the master of fire, I was a master. I was a fire. I was an right. above. Right. Yes, yeah, so that's why Doji Reju was an empress because he was like the empress guard. Exactly. Right. So. Also, he looked fabulous in those heels. Yes. Well, then you. It resulted in you having weird text like the Naga Hunter. Is not a Naga. Yes, he was a human who hunted Nagas, so his he had to have rules text that says Naga Hunter is not a Naga, <laughs> because oh. otherwise the Fu rule would make him a Naga. I was looking at the old uh, Imperial stuff that I found, and uh, there was something I can't remember if this was on Oracle, and they had to clarify that. Um, when they said dragon on this card, they actually meant a dragon, not a dragon, a dragon clan, clan person. Yes. Yes. That did come up. There's a number of old cards that usually they say something on the card to make it clear what that that they're talking right. about. Oh, there was one that was like uh, all the dragons fly away and not dragon clan dragons. <laughs> all five of them, or whatever they were in yeah. Imperial Edition. Six was Thunder in Imperial? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't know, and I don't care enough to look. Fair enough. Yep. I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> so I jumped over Crab. Crab have Berserkers and Yasuki as their decks, I believe. A lot of Yasuki in Atlanta for sure. Yeah. Oh, they're they're nasty. I hope they stay for the next arc because people like them. I hope that they come up with a shtick that's something other than I'm just going to really annoy you all game, which is kind of what they do. My entire deck is just negation. No, 
No, no. I learned nothing from the fact that Magic got rid of Counterspell decks. No, no. If you're Kensei against the Yasuki, you're screwed until you get Tomori Takeshi, and then you just use it on their guy, and then so much of their stuff does nothing. <laughs> Nobody else thinks that's funny? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know. You're like, I, I don't know what he does, honestly. Tomori Takeshi. Okay. Well, oh, well, well, they didn't really get rid of... Well, I guess they got rid of counter decks, but they made Snapcaster Mage, so that's... uh. <laughs> yes, and then they had to neuter him or ban him or ban something else that he was bringing back or something, right? Uh, I didn't think he would get banned. Or was he well, still sells for twenty? Or maybe it was that he they had to do something with mana leak, like not reprint it or right or yeah. remove it or something because it was too good to be able to snap. I mean, they basically admitted that Snapcaster Mage was a mistake. Yeah. So. But no, Takeshi is the he's a dragon Shugenja who's relatively cheap and his ability is target one of your guys and actions that that personality performs can't be negated. So you can stop them from assigning may not assign effects don't work but you can't improper papers them if they try to move in and on all yeah, like I said, all that Yasuki stuff that's like pay three or negate it or pay, I just be like um okay negate it oh wait that doesn't happen. So because the Yasuki are so heavy on negation and just because there's a lot a lot of negation in the environment, I I think Takeshi is pretty standard in the Kensei decks now. So you could just you know you load the guy up and go in there and. I guess hope they don't Kitsuki judgment him. <laughs> That's a false hope. It does still cost a lot to Kitsuki judgment a guy with two weapons on him. You mm -hmm. just have to take comfort in that. I mean, you can't be immune to everything, such as life. But the Scorpion, uh, Dishonor? It's basically been Dishonor either courtier or magistrates out of pick one of the two dishonor boxes. I mean, there's kind of mixes of all of the above. Yeah. But that's basically what the most popular deck is right now and the most successful for sure. Yeah. Spider, yeah, they had nothing. Unaligned, you can play Oni. I have not seen that actually have success yet, but... Although... Apparently there's some Ronin deck that went 6-1, so feel free to look that up. Unicorn has not done well so far. I still expect for Unicorn to see their most successful deck be um, Mishmash. Yeah. Oh, I think most successful decks at this point in the arc are Mishmash, aren't they? Uh, well, I don't know. Crab, crabs often like Yasuki is pretty straight. True. Yasuki, berserkers, they 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 always have non berserkers in now. It's it's like a combination of berserkers and big guys, but that's still at least half thematic cards, I guess. And you can still identify it as berserkers. Dragon Kensei is still very much a thematic deck, and I think that 
the honors may mix and match between the Shugenja, or you have to have the courtiers in if you're actually playing the honor deck so you can have rhetoric. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Unless the the deck is straight up designed like it was for Katsuki, or unless it's something that doesn't work well with others, like uh, typically Kensei or uh, Berserkers, it seems like at this point you're just better off taking up the best of whatever whatever came out. There's a reasonable number of the clans. Yeah, Unicorn, the Spider Military, Scorpion on Dishonor side, Crane on Honor side. The land Honor deck is still pretty much is going to be. Well, it's straight up ancestors, but it's out of the, it's always out of the marshalling fields now. I, I don't know if that ever gets played out of the actual ancestor box anymore. Weirdly enough, yeah, Kalani's Landing, as Justin said, is more of a magistrate deck than it used to be. <laughs> Who knew? Let's say that I'm out of things to say. That's not really true, but whatever. <laughs> First time for everything, I suppose. Do you have anything else to add, gentlemen? Not for week one. We'll see more very soon, I suppose. Okay, I'll take that deafening, deafening <laughs> silence as a no. All right, then. For Jay Earl, Justin Purdy, and Mike Cook, you've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download uh, this again. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you can if you want. Or other podcasts or read our articles, go at strangeassembly.com. Feel free to get in touch with us there or on Facebook, search Strange Assembly, or Twitter at Strange Assembly. You can also email me directly to chris at strangeassembly.com. We always love to hear what you think about the episodes and what you would like to see on future episodes. So have fun gaming.